We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Ludor. You're listening to the Uncontested what is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. And coming to you live tonight, Sunday, 9 p.m. You know the drill. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. This will also be ripped and dropped as a podcast in your feeds as soon as we are done recording here. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I have along with me Nick Crane. Just got done watching Semi Pro. I am very hyped about Ooh, basketball now. That's that's uh, I'll get you in the mood. That's got me all sorts of all sorts of ways about basketball. I, I should have watched the Russell Westbrook game, but I, uh, I was about to say had my priorities elsewhere. I couldn't I couldn't just stop the movie. You should have. Here we, we go. We also have Taylor Peterson along. Our listeners can't see it, but I had to bring it out. The OG Russ jersey. I had there to pick between my three. I have this one, and then I have both of the Jordan Edition All Star Game jerseys. Um, it was tough to pick, but I felt like tonight, you know, was a OG Westbrook kind of kind of night. There you go. That was fun. Russ, was uh, fun Russ with a hell of a bounce back game against the Brooklyn Nets tonight. No James Harden for the Nets, so that plays a little bit of a role. But Washington Wizards get a dub. Good for Russ. Forty. Good for much, Washington. Much needed. Good for the Thunder because if the Wizards can win more, that'll remove them uh, from that bottom five. That's right. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff. It was <laughs> a uh, a highly entertaining game there at the end. I didn't watch it until about five minutes, six minutes left. No, it was me. Yeah. Turned it on and then just enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the last six minutes of basketball. So 
Very good. Fun. Well, yes, we are not a Washington Wizards podcast. Thank God. No <laughs> offense to the Wizards, but holy crap, that's uh, that's rough. We are a Thunder podcast, so let's talk about Thunder stuff, guys. Let's start off with looking at this past week. The Thunder, I think, to all of our surprise, went two and one this past week. Wins over Portland and Phoenix, and then a loss on Friday night against the Brooklyn Nets. Any thoughts, overall thoughts, uh, themes, feelings, emotions? <laughs> I think a lot of uh, games? a lot of the. And it's weird to say this because it's such a different team, like top to bottom. The 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 mindset and the effort and just all of the little things you can do, regardless of how talented you are, from last season have carried over onto this team. And it's just it's it's refreshing and, and great to see. And I think it's a good thing for the culture that, um, regardless of who you throw on the floor, those guys are going to be competitive. I think it's a I'm testament to the culture, the right? But. <laughs> No, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's a good point. It, it is a fun way to play. And it it's such a weird feeling this season, um, you know, being in these positions and seeing these this Thunder team either continue to lead the majority of the game or make some comebacks um, because it's so fun. You, you're so invested in these players and this team that obviously just on a game-to-game basis, you want the win. But overall, you realize as well, and this is a bullet point I think you have an outline, Jacob, but the more you win, um, the, the less – higher chances, I guess, of you getting a, a top draft pick is um, now it's still very early in the season. And I think, you know, it's just going to be, we're going to see games like uh, against Brooklyn Nets, uh, that one game that they did lose in that three game stretch, right. Where the talent level was just so, um, so different that they weren't going to win that game. Um, and I think that, you know, that point was kind of proven when <laughs> the Nets dropped 140 plus points to the Thunders, 120, uh, a lot of offense played. Not a lot of defense from the Nets, but I mean, it was just a full on like, you know, the, the Nets were more talented than the Thunder and that's why they were able to end up winning that game. So I think the the tanking will be natural, right? That's kind of what Presley was going for there. Uh, but it is fun to watch these young guys continue to perform and and to continue to kind of surprise us, you know, especially guys like, you know, Teo against the Nets um, was a fun highlight to be able to follow. So there's always something fun, it seems so far this season, um, even in, in the losses that you can kind of, you know, kind of follow and uh, and, and appreciate yeah, for sure. Um, but but that leads to the point that we've harped on a lot over the past handful of months. This team, although it's fun, it's fun to watch these young guys perform. It's young. It's fun to see the young guys uh, progress and grow. They are stuck in that place that we've talked about as basketball hell in mediocrity. They're right there in the middle. Right, right now, the Thunder are 12th in the NBA, have the 12th worst record in the NBA, right in the middle, right? And so... That's generally not a place that you want to be. You either want to be deep in the playoff hunt looking for a home court advantage or you want to be bottoming out to to better your odds. Silver in the chat says the Pelicans got the first pick when they had the ninth best odds. And that's a great point. But we're not looking at anecdotal evidence. We're looking at statistics and numbers and and odds and, and logistics. And the Thunder want to land a top five pick. And the best way to do that isn't to just hope you get lucky with the, the lottery ball rolls, you have to give yourself the best odds possible. So that leads me to want to ask you guys, is OKC uh, in danger of losing out on their top five pick? Is, is where they're at right now a, a dangerous spot to be living at? Um, I don't know if they're in danger of losing. And I think that most of us, if not all of us, probably thought that it would take Oklahoma City 
twice as long to get as many wins as they have today. Um, I think you you bring up a good point. Like, yes, there's always going to be random one-off occasions where like the Pelicans had the ninth best odds and they get the number one pick. There's a lot of teams that got good naturally without having to bottom out through trade and through really, really good drafts. Um, but if you're playing a strict numbers game and you want the best possible chance to get the best possible players to create the best possible team over the next few years, I think you're right. Like you have to have a top five pick at some point in these next couple drafts to get another guy. And I'm not ready to say that they're in jeopardy of losing it. Um, but if you keep winning at this rate, like it's going to be really hard to get that top pick. True. But, but I'm kind of with you, Nick. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Um, I'm enjoying it while it lasts because I think we're going to get to a point where George Hill at the very least is, is one thunder player. That's not going to be on this team anymore. Um, maybe even some others. I don't know. Maybe Mike Muscala or somebody like that. There'll be um, teams interested in. So again, natural progression natural tanking i think when we get to that point um the thunder probably won't be winning many of these games that they have been so far um but it is fun in the interim right <laughs> like I, I have been enjoying these games you know one thing uh i think sean in our chat he brings up a really good point no devin booker no cj mccollum and uh or nurkic um you know that broke that first Brooklyn game against the nets uh it was just kevin durant you know they didn't have Kyrie. they hadn't traded for harden yet so the thunder are kind of getting some some good breaks when it comes to their opponents having some yeah, to, to play devil's advocate there though taylor yeah i mean portland didn't have cj and nurk in that game but the thunder didn't have al horford and george hill that's they true. started an average and a, a starting lineup that averaged like 14 years old you know i mean they started a bunch of kids that can't grow facial hair yeah, so that's a it's a good point. And speaking of that, I I don't know if you guys want to transition into some themes, but uh, speaking of the youngins, Taylor Maladon had quite the game against the Brooklyn Nets, even in the loss. Um, yeah, let, he's played let, really let's well. Talk about let's talk about Taylor a little bit. Um, I don't think we can expect that shooting percentage. Nick, you were you were following <laughs> along that night on Twitter. He raised his three point percentage by seven percentage points or something like that. I think it was six, 31.7 to 37.7 or something. And it, it was like, I mean, it's early and there's not many attempts, but like you don't see that very often. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, small sample size, and then you rack up some uh, a, a six to six night. It'll do wonders for that percentage. Uh, yeah. I tweeted it, but <laughs> Justin made the bet that. Teo would shoot 40% from three this season. He's got to be feeling pretty okay about that right now. So, but, um, no, Teo, Teo's jumper looked nice. Um, he, he continues to just be a steadying force. I wonder, I think Teo has a pretty high floor. I I wonder how high his ceiling is though. Do you guys get that same vibe from him that he's going to be a solid role player, but he's probably not a, a, a possible star. Uh, yes, I, but I think he could have, I mean, I, I keep seeing the comparison of like, you know, it's kind of funny that George Hill's on the team and he could be a George Hill type of player, right? Like I, I would not be surprised to see him be a starter long-term um, in terms of like an all-star, probably not. I, I'm with you, but the fact that he's showing so much so early, it's super, excuse me, super positive. Um, I just, it, again, he kind of fits in that, that mold of young Thunder players. So it's really hard to predict his ceiling. What about, and I know that I, I probably wouldn't say that he'll be a permanent starter um, 
anytime soon, if ever. What do you think about kind of a a bench player Ricky Rubio type? Like like he's yeah. not going to ever be known to be a deadly scorer, but he's he plays with with high IQ. He plays the point guard position very naturally. He can play off the ball, um, but he's going to be a good passer and it's going to be fluid. It's going to be consistent. I think that's kind of what you see in Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I think that's, that's uh that's a pretty interesting comp. Yeah. Now Teo is listed at six five. He doesn't feel six five. I think it's because he's yeah. he's skinnier. Right. Um, the lack of physicality makes him feel not six five. Um, but I think he'll get there. I think he'll get there after getting in the strength and conditioning, you know, portion of an NBA season in the offseason. I I think he can bulk up and and really become a good player. But yeah, he's um maybe not a super high ceiling guy, but he's a good high floor guy that is just nice to have on your team. So that's, uh, that's always, it's always good to have. Especially at pick 34. I mean, yeah. What, what more can you ask for? I mean, the thunder have three guys getting, and I know this is a team that's not trying to, to, you know, make the finals right now. They have three guys on this team that four guys on this team that are either second round picks or undrafted that are logging significant minutes and being productive and Teo Hami, Isaiah Roby, and then obviously Lou Dort. Um, that's pretty impressive. Very. You, you you can't you can't complain too much about that. So uh, good stuff from Teo. What you really hope to see is the consistency, which is the most difficult thing from rookies, though. Yep. Another guy I thought's been playing well, um, Al Horford. He ever since coming back from the the baby boom or whatever you want to call it, it seems like every time a player has a baby and they come back and they just they put on a show for an extended period. Um, it seems like how Al's starting to do that. Obviously, he's not just having like huge numbers or anything, but he's been scoring the ball well, um, playing really. Well. It doesn't look like he's missed a step basically. So I'm curious uh, to to hear your guys' thoughts on Al. I think just having him back there as a stabilizing force in that starting lineup has been good for all of these young guys. I think Al's been good. And I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on this. He hasn't been as good as I thought, or or at least from a pure, just your your basic point rebounds, assist, shooting percentage. I I don't think he's been as good as I thought. And there's still a lot of time, but I I expected 14, 15, 16 points a game, shooting a, a pretty high clip from three, getting a bunch of offensive looks. And I haven't looked at his shooting recently, but I want to say last I checked, it was pretty on par from a pure shot attempts perspective to what it has been over the past few seasons. And I expected that to jump quite a bit playing for the thunder, but I don't know. Yeah. He's pretty consistent um, from where he's been. Uh, like as far as field goal attempts, uh, he's at 11.4 this year, 10.6, 10.6, 10.5, 11.8 <laughs> over the past. What is that? Five years now. So pretty consistent there. He is up to to 41% from three, which is nice. 12 and a half points, seven yeah. and a half rebounds, two and a half assists per game. Also playing uh, the less minutes or the least minutes of his career, um, which makes sense, but just kind of interesting to see. Yeah, only 27 minutes a game. He has maybe 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 that's why he's not putting up the numbers that I expected. He just yeah. doesn't have it. I think it's it's the role. I expected him to be this, you know, the second most frequent shot taker um, I ex- and expected him to, to put up all these big points. Maybe it's just the, the lack of minutes. And, and I think there's a, a deeper meaning there. Is it longevity? Is it giving the young guys burn? Like what, what do you think the reasoning from playing such a few minutes is? So just really quick, Nick, to your point, I looked up his true sh- shooting percentage so far for the season. Um, it would be his third. Yeah. His third lowest after last season, like you said, 50 or 53.6% true shooting percentage. Um, last season with the the Sixers, which is 
arguably or probably his worst season of his career um, next to his rookie season where he was 53.9 right now he's at 54 in the dot so and then, you're right he's not making some of the shots that he has previously in, in his career in reference to that low minute load though his right. per 36 numbers um, are on Looking. par with two seasons ago whenever he was in Boston um, he his per 36 this year 16.6 points 10 rebounds 3.4 assists um you know some pretty solid numbers that last year in Boston he was 17 points eight rebounds five assists one steal almost two blocks so he's playing uh like that 2018 19 Boston season when he was really good for them so um he's been playing well but you know Nick I, Nick I think you're onto something there that the the minutes are a little bit different than than what we expected and that's hampering the overall statistics no doubt <laughs> Our guy at so, Niner by Nature on YouTube asks, uh, when will the Poku jumper fall? Dang it. <laughs> uh, it's a very flat shot. Very, very flat shot. But this week we got a Poku drive to the mode. rim. Yeah, that's true. It was true. surprising. I didn't expect it. A little versatility. <laughs> yeah. Still hasn't shot a free throw yet. We're still waiting for that. That's so weird. <laughs> it's uh, it's very uh, Domas Sabonis-esque from a few years back. True. Well, and Coach Coach talked about that. And I forget if it was practice or pregame just about poku not getting to the free throw line and um it's really just more of the nature of where they're having him play you know they they say that he purposely is playing a lot on the perimeter and, and that's kind of his role is to catch and shoot and he referenced um that fast break drive where poku got it and and did kind of a euro dunk a few games back and that's stuff that they expect him to do going forward a little more frequently but it's just more of the nature of where they're having him play and less about you know, him not having the ability to, to draw free throws over the course of his career. Definitely. I've also, uh, I've failed the people of the podcast, our <laughs> listeners. Uh, I've let you down. We've talked about Poku now for over 60 seconds and haven't played the sounder. So oh, that's uh, true. Here you go. Alexa Pokasovetsky. <laughs> you always got to get it in. Always so got to get it in. So good. That's what she said. Um, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you guys want to take a few of these chat questions before we move on? Yeah, sure. I also have another question for you guys, too. I'll do that. Then. Okay. Um, so Nate Sanders asks, do you all think Poku can't shoot because the farther three-point line and him having to push so hard to get the ball up? Yes, but I, I think that's more due to just his his build and his strength. I think once he uh, – Mikey Bear has been on this all season from the very beginning mentioning, you know, how he really needs to gain strength, especially in his legs. Um, and, and his, uh, his legs actually like, aren't that thin though. Like his legs uh, look decent. It's his arms and upper body. Yeah. His <laughs> tiny little arms. My man needs to hit the bench press yeah, like it, every it day. It seems like he's having to like shove the ball. He needs to get his legs more into his shot, uh, which is really hard. I understand when you're, you know, seven foot, seven foot two or whatever it is. But uh, I'd like to see him get a little more legs in that shot. It's going to give him a little more arch overall, but just getting Definitely. strength in general, I think. I think it's more of a pace thing. Um, we see tons of guys struggle early with, with the, the three-point line being a little bit further back, but um, he's got a quick shot. Like you, you look back at some of the European seven-footers that haven't panned out that are good three-point shooters. I would say Poku's got maybe the fastest release on the entire team True. right now. He has um, a very quick release. And so I don't know. I don't think it's an issue of, you know, there's guys guarding him that are closer to his size. Now I think it's just in the flow of the offense and, and the way that the offense is running and the speed of the game. He's probably a little bit more tired. There's just a lot of, a lot of things going on with the pace of play that I think are, are screwing with him a little bit. 
Definitely. And also a consistency aspect too. Like over in Greece, he was taking all the shots, you know, and over here he's getting very limited attempts and it's hard to find a rhythm when you're not shooting often, you know, when you're uh, not consistently getting shots, uh, when you're getting them from different spots on the court, consistency is a big thing, right? Especially for those young guys. So, uh, I don't think it's anything too much to worry about. I do think they will rework his shot. Um, I think they probably want him to release a little bit higher up, not from his chest, but as much from like his forehead. So it's like less yep. blockable. Um, and also get some of that lift high as well. Release. He's a high release. Absolutely. Especially with his length. If you, I mean, can, can you imagine him? Um, like you said, Jacob, you know, getting that release to his head above his head right now, you know, he's, he's right now. It's almost it. like he releases out from his nose and he's got, exactly. he needs to release up higher. And when he's he gets get there, more arch. That shot, yeah, yeah, he's going to get more arch and that shots. No one's going to be able to defend him. He needs to go right, watch right. Michael Porter jr. Shoot. Cause True. he has got the perfect, perfect high release. You can't block his shot. It's great yeah. form. And he uses his length to his advantage. Absolutely. All right. We'll take one more, uh, from the chat and then we will move on. Um, I should be highlighting from, I, I, I'm, gonna butcher this Thais Bonifacio something like that I'm sorry if I butchered <laughs> it I apologize do you guys think that Teo should play less with Diallo so he can show more of his playmaking skills uh, Diallo likes to dribble the ball big fan of the dribble move Hamadou Diallo his role off the bench too is, is, is he feels like he needs to be that spark plug like that. He, he thinks he is the sixth man. Well, and, and he, he kind of is, but he doesn't right. need to be the playmaker. Exactly. Right. Right. He, he definitely feels like he's the best player on that bench unit and that he needs to shoot the ball every time. I definitely <laughs> feel like that's the case. And I love what he's doing, especially when he's attacking the rim. I just, again, a, a, a word that I keep hearing, you know, I, I use this word early on um, in the season with Teo kind of based off first impressions and then his teammates and his coaches have used this term as well poised but for Hami, he's the opposite of poised right he's finally starting to channel that energy and uh in that intensity and he's driving to the rim and making things happen now he has to put it all together and learn to look for the open teammates and to we you know we talked about poku earlier we have a poku wide open in the corner that's going to open the floor up more for poku as well as well as Hami, right he's got to be able to play mate make and distribute much better than he is now, but um, I have liked what we've seen. It's just I'm not sure if he can truly be that that full playmaker. Um, so I guess just to answer uh, Tal's question, I, I I do kind of like I I don't think it's coincidence. I guess I'll, I'll put it this way: I don't think it's a coincidence that we've seen Teo playing really well when he's with that first unit, those starters, compared to when he's playing with that second unit. Mm-hmm. And Teo played a lot of of two guard in Europe as well. Like playing off the ball is not unnatural to him at all. Um, And, and coach Dignall did say that they like seeing him play off the ball. Not that this is going to be his long-term role or position on this team, but um, they like to see how players play in certain positions. Um, So I don't think, I guess if the, the question is, do you think that Teo should play less along with Diallo? He'd probably play better as the primary ball handler and the primary playmaker, but I don't think the Thunder are concerned putting him out there next to Diallo by any means. Hey, is this a fair assessment of Tao before we move on? He's a safe player, right? He's very safe. He's not flashy. He doesn't force stuff at all. He's like super conservative. That final, that yeah. just dawned on me. Like he is a very conservative basketball player, which is why he probably had lottery type talent and fell to the second round even when he was mocked late first even up to that's the end. a really good point that's yeah a, yep that could be why yep. also 
Do you guys see the... Um, <laughs> He's like the opposite of LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is willing to try anything on the court. doesn't matter. And Teo was like... Like... He he just he never makes the wrong play because he he's so safe with everything he does. I don't know that's just kind of the vibe I get from him. So not to take us down a super long rabbit hole, um, but that's Uh-oh. That's that. here we so go. Here we go again. We'll have to make a segment of this. I'll like do a sounder and Jake can put it together. We'll make it a Taylor's rabbit hole. Um, oh wait, hold on, that's weird. Sorry. So <laughs> speaking of uh, safe picks. <laughs> And the opposite of that, which would be a gamble. You know, Poku is kind of a gamble. Another guy who I kind of consider to be that that gamble um, type player would be Vic Kretschke, right? The uh, the draft pick that the Thunder got, I guess, in the second round um, for his ACL uh, across across seas, and um, he's now over back in OKC uh, rehabbing that that ACL injury. Um, Lucas Kuba at Luke underscore Mello was tweeting out about um, a podcast that Vic did with somebody and a, a couple of things that he mentioned is that, you know, they wanted him over so that way he could be ready to go for next season. Um, obviously they want me to be ready for next season. Um, he's studying a lot of film. They want him to start traveling with the team when COVID protocols start to allow it. Um, just some interesting comments there. So I, I was kind of thinking through, right. And like, obviously if let's just say hypothetically, the Thunder get the number one pick. Sure. At that point you go for talent. It doesn't matter the position you need. Um, you probably draft Cade. But if you have Teo, and he's continuing to progress like he has been, you have Shea, obviously. You probably have or will be trading George Hill at some point, so that, that doesn't matter as much. But then you have Vit, who you really want to invest in and see what he's capable of. You know, it, it, Do you bring on a Cade Cunningham? I think you do because of the talent level and who he is, but that's so interesting. It's going to be a ton of ball handlers, and, and how do you balance all of that? Oh, yeah. You, you don't make decisions on who you're drafting in, in the top Vitt end of the lottery because of – some asshole named Vit, you know, no offense to Vit. I'm sure he's a great dude. He, he said he loves Chick-fil-A as well. So my man, true, but you know, you, you don't make decisions based off of that. You take the best available talent and yeah. then you, you just keep trucking ahead. And true. he's, he's six, eight. So even if he's played primary ball handle all, all of his life, he I think you're fine guard. throwing him at, at a two or a three in the NBA. That's a good point. He's fun to watch too. I've loved his highlights. Yep. I, I think, I think it's very safe to say Sam Presti is not making his 2021 draft pick based on Vit. Yes. 100%. Well, uh, speaking of, of draft picks and, and Taylor mentioned George Hill there. Uh, let's talk some trades. Everyone loves to talk trades. So let's talk some trades. Uh, the reason we're going to talk trades today is because here in less than a week or right at a week, I don't know. I'm not good at math. Um, yeah, on next Saturday, February 6th is the date that the players that were signed this off season are eligible to be traded, which traditionally marks the opening of the trade season, right? Trade season starts or typically that's like in December in a normal year this year, it's February 6th. And then it carries us through the trade deadline day, which this year is going to be, uh, Mid March, I think. I can't. I don't. I don't know the date off the top of my head. Um, but so trade season officially opens up because a lot of the league is available to be traded coming up starting February sixth. So my question to you guys: Who on this roster is likely to get traded? And do we have any like fake trades that that you have in mind? Any teams that are good fits for some of these Thunder vets or other guys that could be traded? Um, oh, I didn't queue any up. 
Let's just dive. Let's just dive into to everyone's favorite trade topic, fake, <laughs> fake trades. Yeah, I mean, I, let's see what we got. I don't have a fake trade. I'm do, doing this off the top of my head. Um, I'd like to see, and I feel like this is a team that is we talk about every year when it comes to trading for for somebody. Um, Al Horford, for starters, I don't think he will be traded. I still think that's too much of a contract for how. I, I think we're all probably on the same page there. Yeah. Yep. So, but in in a in a vacuum, I would like to see a team like the Portland Trailblazers or a team like the Sacramento Kings make a move for Al. I think those Ooh. would be. They, they've got the contracts to make it work. Um, I think they both are definitely going in the direction of we'd like to win now, if possible. The Kings are maybe not going to win, but I think they want to win. Um, yeah, those would be two teams I think Al would, would kind of thrive at, and they and they have a, a void for the type of stuff that he could do. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, the elephant in the room, I think in this situation is George Hill, right? I mean, he's probably the most likely to be traded. A lot of teams will be looking at him. And then another guy... Trevor Ariza, I think the Thunder and Sam Presti specifically will be looking at all different avenues to trade him before it comes to waiving him. If they have to waive him, they will. Um, but I think they they would like to trade him. And I think, you know, obviously Trevor <laughs> wants to be traded because he's pulling a Andre Iguodala from last season. So uh, Trevor Ariza and George Hill are kind of two guys that I'm really keeping an eye on. And one way or the other, whether Ariza is traded, I mean, $12.8 million in salary, you you would think he's going to be traded compared to being away. But the Thunder, with an open um, salary you know, book moving forward the next couple of seasons, um, they, they they have that luxury of, of waiving Ariza. If they what's, what's the benefit of just not letting, I'm just playing devil's advocate, just letting Ariza sit at home and be on your roster? Don't even waive him. Oh, that, that's, oh, that's true, too. That That's my thing with Ariza. I had this conversation with, I think, uh, one of our friends that covers the Nets, um, Nick Fay, yep. and he said, "You know, well, well the, do you think the Thunder will buy out Ariza?" And my thing is, if you even give that inkling that you're you're willing to buy him out, then why would any other GM right. trade an asset to get him? They would just say, "Hey, we'll just hold off until you buy him out." So you refuse to buy him out, right? Because if you buy him out, you're giving him his money, or if you let him sit on the roster till the end of the season, you're giving him his money. There's no difference for the Thunder as far as the payment is concerned. So I would be sending messages out to the league like, this dude will not get bought out. If you want him, you trade for him. And if not, he's he's going to rot away on the end of our bench. Uh, he's gonna sit at home and play Xbox. And <laughs> I was gonna say not even in the bench. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got no leverage. Nothing would change, even if he said like, "I demand a buyout or a trade." Yeah, based on what, dude? You haven't cool, you haven't bro. Played. Cool yeah. story. Yeah, yeah right. Um, let, let's talk George Hill. Cause I think that is the most logical trade candidate on this team. Um, what teams, I mean, I think you could say George Hill probably fits on any team, just the style right. of play, player he is, but do you guys have any teams in particular that you like George Hill on that could realistically make a deal? Oh, so I've been, I've been thinking about this. I had a one that popped up in my head and I can't, can't remember it now. Um, here last week that I thought was really good. I think, the Brooklyn Nets um, still makes sense to me, especially watching them <laughs> ever since the Harden trade. Yes, that's a lot of ball handlers, but I think Hill could go there and play more of a spot-up role for them, wouldn't necessarily have to be a ball handler for them, um, and, and could fit really well with those guards. You kind of mix and match him in, but I understand they do have quite a few. What they really need is, honestly, an Al Horford type, but um, they aren't going to be 
I don't think spending the money to try and get Al Horford. Yeah. Um, it's also hard for the nets to match salary. True, true. But another team and another contender, this one's another kind of obvious one, but the Los Angeles Clippers, I think they could use a George Hill. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. I'm going to read some names. Just got a list of, of NBA contracts and I know you could do multiple player deals, but just some guys that are in the same salary ballpark range. when it comes to money. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rodney Hood, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, um, Al Farouk Aminu, Miles Leonard, um, Derek Favors, DeLon Wright. Um, you know, those are all names Mavericks. that those are Garrett all those are, oh, sorry, go ahead. Those are all guys that I think are, you know, if you're going to do kind of some sort of swap, those guys have the money that would work. Those guys are players that I think we'd be willing to give up in, in some sort of situations to get George Hill. Those are See, good names. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, Nick, I, I was flirting around with um, Orlando as well. You know, they, they've lost their lead ball handler uh, this season. They're starting a rookie now. Um, they could be a team that could, could possibly be a suitor for George Hill. I mean, you would assume that Orlando wants to make it into the playoffs. I'm even trying to find them on here right now. There you go. They're eighth in the no is that right that might be right they're eighth in the east right now um yeah. a uh, and, and al farouk aminu for george hill oh 12th okay al farouk aminu for george hill straight up works um it gets them a ball handler uh, of vets they're they're al's our george is a little bit older older than al farouk aminu but then you have um the magic throw you in a uh, a, a protected pick or something uh, I think there's there's maybe something there. I've also been thinking a lot about Boston has that massive trade exception. Can you just That's slide George true. Hill to Boston for like a Four second picks. rounder and you bring nothing back? And so you are increasing the value of your own first pick, first round pick because George Hill's no longer on your roster. You get a first in return and you just cut the salary. Especially with Teak struggling early on um, and Kemba's struggling Kemba's, too. Yeah. Right. Trying to get back and healthy again. I, I like that a lot actually for the Celtics. You know, Can you imagine funny? a defensive lineup, Marcus smart, George Hill, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and then like Daniel Tice. That's a hell of a defensive five. Absolutely. I, he fits really well there. I like that one a lot. And I like that idea about the trade exception, you know, another Eastern conference team, uh, a contender who he fit really well on his team last year, the Milwaukee bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Milwaukee's probably interested in bringing him back. No, they aren't. He, he had some very he had some very negative things to say about uh, that franchise when he uh, left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's more than just basketball for why he was traded. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Any yeah, other right. any other Hill Homes? Home Hill Homes? Hills. <laughs> um Taylor, you, you mentioned Dallas a little bit ago. Yep. Um, you brought up, um who did you mention that makes well, uh, sorry? DeLon Wright's on the Pistons yeah. now, but that's probably sure. who made you think that's of it. I was but, of it. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they're struggling really, 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 really bad right now. Um, I think as good as Luca and KP are as leaders in the locker room, they don't really have, you know, that veteran guy that can go in there and, you know, change the, the mood and the mindset and all that kind of stuff. And, they've got a ton of those guys that are between eight and $12 million on their, on their books. So I think they could be a team that could be interested for sure. Yeah. I, I like that one. Um, Luca needs help. They're going to be making moves at some point. Uh, Jacob, do you have any others? Cause I have somebody I want to bring up to you guys that we haven't mentioned yet on the thunder. Um, for any more for Hill. Yeah. Sorry. Any more for Hill. 
It's so hard, man. I, I don't really think so. Um, but like you said, he does fit literally on. Yeah. Like rock. you can plug him, plug him in like almost anywhere. And it makes sense. Like, like Nick mentioned earlier, like George Hill for Myers Leonard. Yeah. Makes a little bit of sense. George Hill for Myers Leonard. Uh, and you make, you make the Miami heat remove some of the protections on that 2023 first round pick. Yeah. Right. Or, and then Myers Leonard gets, gets here and you say, here's your money. Go away. You know, I, I, I think something something like that. Uh, all right, let's move on from Hill. We've talked about Ariza a little bit. That one's going to be fascinating. Mike um, Muscala. That's what we yeah, bring up to you guys. What do you? Yeah, think I think Mike, Mike Muscala is a great trade candidate at that price tag. Um, also, I think trading him away makes the Thunder worse. Um, and that's kind of the point right now, right? You want to lose games so you can maximize that draft pick. I think there's a lot of teams where Mike fits. Let's let's level set here, though. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks this, but you're not getting any sort of first round pick for for him. Hell I don't no. care how protected it is, and I I, I see that you'll, all the time on Twitter, and it, it's like no. You'll get a second. One team that I've thought a lot about Muscala playing for. Tell me if I'm crazy. Would he not be a really good backup for Jokic? Oh yes, just a nice come in, stretch the floor, play 20 minutes a night kind of guy. I kind of like that. Yeah, I I do too. Um, I mean, I, I don't know I who they're that. playing at their backup. Or they're playing Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically, Michael Green's coming in, right? And and yeah, I mean, I think you could bring Muscala into Denver. I think that makes sense for Denver. It helps them get a little bit better. You mm. ask them for their their second round pick. They can't trade one. It looks until twenty twenty three. So you get a Denver twenty twenty three second rounder. Um, I think, and then you trade him for literally whatever at the back end of their their roster. If you can get a team that's extremely volatile now and down the road, you might be able to get a second round pick that's like 34 and get another guy like yeah. Teo. I True. think you maybe, especially with uh, Thomas Bryant being out for the year, I was going to say you yeah. throw him to the Wizards and let them throw out him and Bertans off the bench. Jesus Christ. And yep. then so many white shooters. It's like a high school. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, Jesus, you, um, Oh you God. you make things kind of interesting at that point. If you can get a 2023 second round pick from Washington, who the hell knows what kind of second round? That could be the same thing as getting a late first. I was going to yeah. say Washington, uh, the Wizards and the Raptors from the East Coast, uh, or the East Coast because the Eastern Conference. West, though, um, man. Again, another versatile player who a lot of teams I think might want. Maybe that could drive the price up to a a pr- very highly protected first round pick. I don't know if there's enough contenders coming after him. Um, particularly when you take into consideration like the, the play in tournament opportunity, right? You don't have to just be one through eight. Now you can be one through 10 and uh, have a chance of making the playoffs. I'm trying to, I- I'm going through the list here. Western conference teams, one uh, Western conference team that makes a little bit of sense for him. Um, and I think, already mentioned it, the Nuggets, I guess, sorry. Yeah. Just, I, I, I think his floor spacing, would be massive for and who's really lacking a backup center right now because the other backup centers they have right now suck. New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh, yeah. He could space the floor for Zion. Could I mean, their, their backup is Nicolo Melli, who's been bad, and Jackson Hayes, who has been bad, even though Jackson's young, he's been bad, and they want to make the playoffs. So I think New Orleans might be a, a decent fit for him. I like that. Can one. you can trying you get them to, to give up to their second get, rounder? You want to go get Lonzo? 
Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Dude, I actually do like those. Lonzo. I just don't. I just don't. There's no way the Thunder trade for him. Yeah. But I mean, go go get Willie Hernan Gomez, right? I don't yeah. care. Go get Sundarius Thornwell. Go get <laughs> one game Gabriel. It doesn't Sorry, matter. Girl. Yeah, and just ask them for their second round pick. Right? They have ooh, they have a second round pick from Washington. Ooh. For 2021. Can you get them to give you that pick for Mike Muscala? I don't know. I just I think that's fair. I don't think that's, they're that's that's kind of a I mean, I, I don't know if they're desperate enough. I don't know if, if this season is real playoff or bust for them. Um, that was going to be my thing. I don't. I don't know if I'm on board with with New Orleans wants to win right now. I think they'd like to win right now, but they're not worried about winning right now. Yeah. Like, I don't. But I don't see them giving up capital. You know. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Hmm. Well, I don't know who else, but it's interesting nonetheless. Very. It really is. Very. So, all right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Over under players traded from this Thunder team by the trade deadline. We'll put it at 1.5. Taking the over or the under? 1.5. Ugh. Um, I think I did this last year, too. I went over, and we ended up being way under. But I'm going to take the over again. I'm going, we have probably two traded. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if it was two and a half, it'd be easy. One and a half's hard. Yeah. Um, your ears good as Vegas. That's why I put it at one and a half. Yeah. I know, baby. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I, it's I, Hey, be... I'm smart at this. That's why I have stock in GameStop. All right? Yeah, there we go. AMC, two, Silver, yeah. Two, two, I think two will get traded, so I'll go over. Nice, nice. I like it, guys. All right, well, let's move on from some of the trade talk. Uh, I want to do a quick tank meter update. I'm supposed to have a sounder for this this week. <laughs> uh, got busy, didn't get the sounder. But tank meter update, guys. Uh, from the tank being in full throttle, running for a number one overall pick, to the tank being completely empty, we're pushing for the playoffs. Where is the meter at this week? Before you guys give me answers, I do want to give our listeners a quick update. Currently, as of Sunday night at 9.48 p.m., the Thunder would collect the Miami Miami Heat's first-round pick, which is currently number four, their own pick at number 12 because Houston's is at 13. They would get Minnesota's 31st overall pick. That comes from Golden State because Golden State's uh, first-round pick that they owe the Thunder would not convey as currently constructed. The Thunder would also get their own 42nd overall pick and Denver's 56th overall pick. And as we're making it uh, a custom on this show, we are going to hit the sim lottery button exactly one time. See where the Thunder end up. Here we go. Bang, the Thunder end up with pick 6 and 12. That's uh, that's not ideal. But so from from the tank being in full on tank mode to being empty and pushing for the playoffs, what do you guys got the tank at? Halfway, right in Halfway. the middle. I don't I don't think they're shooting for the playoffs, which would be empty. But the way they're playing right now, like almost five hundred, a good chance to go over five hundred with the with the games you got coming up, like. I don't know. I, I can't. The I, toughest stretch, right? Not I, the toughest, but a tough stretch of the schedule. Yeah, it's hard for me to say that it's it's a really really well executed tank right now. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm I'm with you. I still have them at three four. It's just like last week because, like Nick mentioned, you know they're they went two and one in a three game stretch. I mean that's uh, I'm certainly not tanking. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying watching this team. But uh, for the tank, 
I certainly are not in full tank mode quite yet. So I'm going to three-fourths tank. I think it's fair. Uh, while we're speaking of the tank, Nate Sanders real quick asks, would you rather have picks five and eight or pick number two? <laughs> pick. Sean Ooh. keeps mentioning. Uh, this this is an easy one for me. This is a really easy one for me. I think five and eight. Oh, I know wow. you're, you're okay. probably the opposite. Yeah, I'm I'm full on. Give me the highest pick I can get. I was going to say that too, which is really tough because in such a deep draft class, you know. I mean, like, five and eight, you get two shots at the apple, but they're two worse. You're you, you've got you've got a blindfold on with five and eight. With two, your vision's a little screwed up, but at least you're you can see the target. You know. <laughs> yeah, that might like be a really the, shitty analogy. I, I don't like know, but top like there's three players in this draft that you, you'd be willing to give just about anything for. Um, I like yeah. two. I feel yeah. like there's five there's five guys in this draft, and then after that it becomes a little bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, but what if you're able? So it comes down to would you rather would you rather have just Evan Mobley, or would you rather have like a Jalen Green or Jonathan Kuminga plus you know a Zaire Williams or a Jalen Johnson or one of those kind of guys? You know, I think it's going to be at five and eight. I'm just under the impression it's going to be two of the latter guys you mentioned, right? Like, um, like Kuminga might even be gone at that point. Jalen Green, I think, will probably go three at this point. But, but then at that on. point, you got Sugg Sug sitting there at five. Like oh, five, five point. is if you can get five and eight, I think that's awesome. If it's six and five eight, it's a different a story. Spot. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's a, yeah. that's a good point. Good point. All right. Well, hey guys, let's take a quick second to preview the week ahead. The Thunder have four games. It's uh, two double headers. They're going to play Houston twice and Minnesota twice. Before you give me your prediction. Nick and I had a really good discussion on Twitter earlier this week. I wanted to bring it to the podcast. The Thunder own a pick swap with Houston in 2021 in this upcoming draft. The Thunder also want to maximize their own pick. So what's the best outcome from these two Houston games? Do the Thunder want to win them both? Do they want to lose them both? Do they want to split them? What's the best outcome to maximize draft capital? I think you want to control your own fate as much as possible down the stretch I think Houston is going to be a playoff team or at least one of the top 10 as a chance to get in. Whereas I think Oklahoma city longer term is not as good. So if you're talking about maximizing your draft capital, you want Oklahoma city to lose both of these games. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think from a Houston perspective, um, they're really starting to play better now after <laughs> the Harden trade, um, getting Vic and, and kind of seeing him start to be more healthy. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if two weeks from now we're talking about them like a completely different team. Uh, and so because of that, uh, like Nick said, I think you want to control your own destiny there. Uh, I think probably the best case scenario is that Thunder lose both of those um, in competitive games where the young guys play great, right? <laughs> That's kind of the best case scenario right, for gonna, this entire season. I was already on, on board with this, but I'm doubling down now. I think the Thunder are going to lose enough games on their own that you throw Houston two losses while you can get them. Okay, that's fair. If you can give Houston two losses and, and increase that the odds there a little bit and then – go on this stretch and I'm about to mention this stretch in just a second and drop a bunch of games and still control your own fate. I think winning both of the That's Houston games is maybe the best long-term scenario. Or With that like being a, said, what did Nick say? A, a win-win to lose-lose or a lose-lose yeah. to win-win? <laughs> it, it's a win-win to lose-lose. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> okay, so means- think about this too though. If, if, you, if Oklahoma City were to win both these games, they'd have 10 wins on the season roughly a third-ish through the season. I mean, at that point, with 48 games left or so, 
even if they only win a quarter of those, like they're in the they're in the twenties when it comes to wins pretty easily. And that's yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Nope, that, that's fair. That's fair. So with the the two double headers coming up, Houston, Houston, Minnesota, Minnesota, what is the Thunder's weekly record this coming week? I think they split both. Because that's just so you're going two and two? Yeah, I'm going two and two. Yep. I'm gonna go three and one the Timberwolves oh. are really really bad and if you want to talk about a team that's tank meter all the way up like yeah they're they're like i, I don't want they don't even get to keep their own pick no, because they I, wanted freaking d'angelo russell I know. and i i don't watch them religiously so i there's probably more than than i can even remember but i can just in my head this season I, there's three or four games that i can remember they were up like 10 points with less than a minute left and lose or they're up 20 in the third quarter and still lose like they are legit tanking I'm going to bank on Carl Anthony Towns being out of the health and safety protocols by then. Uh, fingers crossed that he is just for, for his sake. Um, mm-hmm. God, that, that kid has had Probably a year. rough, rough 12 months and I do mm-hmm. not envy him in the slightest. All that money that he makes is not worth what he's gone through. Not at all. I would, if you offered me that much money all at once, to go through what Carl Anthony Towns has gone through, I will tell you to go straight to hell. I'm not doing it <laughs> by any You're stretch right, of the imagination. With that said, all right, I'll I'll be contrarian here and I'll go one and three. I'll go one and three. Um, but real quick before we move on to the round of the association, after this week, I want to tell you guys the rest of the schedule uh, up to the halfway point: Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, Bucks, Blazers, Grizzlies, Ooh. Bucks, Cavs, Heat, Spurs. Hawks, Nuggets, Mavericks, Spurs. Ooh. <laughs> Feels like there's a lot of L's in there, guys. Yeah. It's a lot the, heat, the Heat have been bad, but they have their roster back now. The Spurs are looking good. The Cavs are playing well. The Hawks are looking okay. The Grizzlies, now with jaw back, are playing good again. There Ooh. could be, I mean, we assume they lose both Lakers games, the Nuggets, the Bucks. They could go 0-4 there. Depending on who's back for the Blazers and how they play, maybe they win that one. Then they have the Grizzlies. Maybe they win that one, let's say two and four at that point. Bucks again, two and five. Cavs will say they lose two and six. Heat, they lose two and seven. Spurs, they lose two and eight. Maybe they beat the Hawks three and eight, lose to the. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nuggets three and nine, lose to the Mavs and Spurs. That's three and eleven down that stretch. Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. 
<laughs> there was a Definitely. couple a couple games you mentioned in there that they probably could pull up, but we're still talking like, you know, ugly, five, ugly record. Six yeah. Wins. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So, Ooh. all right. Well, with all that thunder talk out of the way, we want to get into some around the association stuff because we have some good stuff planned for you guys. So, uh, let's dive right into it. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Still the best sounder on the podcast. I don't know. The Alexei Pokashevsky one is uh, <laughs> also good. It's, make, it's making a run. Alexej Pokasovetsky. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Guys, let's talk, let's talk All-Stars. Uh, the league is in discussions with maybe doing an All-Star game in a bubble, which would be interesting. I'm kind of into it. This is the perfect year for them to do what I've always wanted them to do. Screw this televised two weeks in advance uh, draft of the two captains to pick their teams. Have a jersey for each team made for each player. So like, let's say Nikola Jokic has a jersey for each team. You go out there 15 minutes before tip-off, and it's like a pickup game. You go back and forth, and you pick, you throw your jersey on, and we run. No practice. Screw that shit. Let's just run. I want them to do that so bad. I love it. It would be It'd interesting. Be- I don't know how it affect, would affect the the performance and like the way the game's played and how fun it is because i feel like there's a lot of little alley-oops and little trick plays that they plan ahead of time they're kind of fun that's yeah i i I don't know i think you could still get that i mean they're they're professionals they know how each other plays i don't know it'd be fun it'd be fun all right so let's do a little exercise here guys i have the all-star list from the east and the west from last season i'm gonna go down this list i'm gonna name each player and I want you to tell me, yes, they are making it into the All-Star game again, or no, they are not. Once, So we're going to start with the East, then we're going to go to the West. Once we finish with the East, we're going to go back to all our no's, and we're going to replace those players with someone who does deserve to be in the All-Star game this year. Perfect. Sound good? Perfect. Beautiful. Let's get started. Uh, Kemba Walker, in or out for, out for this year? Out. Yeah, totally agree. Trey Young. In. I mean, oh, he's in. Yeah, he's he's, he's definitely in. 
Uh, I didn't type out his full name because uh, I didn't have 15 <laughs> minutes to spare. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yup. He's and totally in. Totally in. Pascal Siakam. He's kind of a fringe player nope. so far this season. But I'm gonna, I, see, I'm going to go ahead and say in. Get him out. Get, Get him, him out. out. Okay, so we got to know there. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Yes. MVP. Yep. Uh, dude, he's having an incredible year. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Nope. No. I said get him out of there as well. Nice. Uh, ben Simmons. Ooh, that's another tough one. Ugh, I'm, a... I'm putting right him in. Right now, no. Oh, you're putting him in. I'm putting okay. him in. Put it in. Okay. That's what she said. Put it in. <laughs> Ready to go. Oh, man. Simmons is, I mean, he. He He's kind of a fringe one. He's, He's a fringe one. Right? I yeah. think he gets in. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Yep. I'm going to say yes. Oh, I see. I go no on Jimmy Butler just because of the amount of games he's missed. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, if he gets healthy, though, here before the... He, missed, he only missed like seven games. I feel like yeah, a, lot of these, he... a lot of these guys are going to miss... It was COVID-related. A lot of these a guys are going to have seven yeah. games. Okay, we'll, we'll leave Jimmy and in. Fanboat. We'll, fanboat also. You, you guys win. We'll leave Jimmy in. Chris <laughs> Middleton. Yeah. No. Oh, yes. Okay. I was saying. Oh, no I definitely there. got Chris. Chris is a baller, man. I think yep. that kid is so freaking. He's not a kid. He's, he's a man. efficient as hell. Yes, he is. Um, I think the last three we're all going to agree on. Bam is in. Yep. He's made a jump. He's fucking good. He yeah. is really good. Uh, Jason Tatum. Yep. Even though he's missed with COVID as well, I think he's in. He didn't miss too much, though. And then my man, Domas Sabonis. Damos. He's yep. definitely in. He's having yep. a hell of a season. Yes. So for outs, we have Kemba Walker, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. Um, So two guards and a forward. Well, the forward is going to be Jalen Brown. Let's just throw that one out there immediately. (laughs) Do you agree with that, Nick? I don't know if I put him as a forward, but yes, I I think he'll be in. Because I think I think they can vote him in as a guard or as a forward, probably. As long as Uh, let's put him at the forward, just just for the hell of it. Uh, So who are the two guards that get in? Ooh, Brad um, Beal. I think Brad Beal gets absolutely. Brad Beal gets the nod for sure. And who's the absolutely. other guard in the East that's going to make it? Oh, uh, uh, Emmanuel quickly, obviously. <laughs> My man, I love and, him. Yeah, I Kevin Durant has to be in there, yeah. Okay, yeah, no James right? Harden has to be in there, yeah. There you go. There, you yeah, go. and then Julius Randle. Randle has absolutely had an All Star caliber yeah. season so far. Yeah. So do we put? God, that's I, so tough. How, how do? You, yeah, does does Jalen not make it? And is is it James Harden James and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? I mean, I don't know. Jason Tatum in there. If if you don't have Jalen Brown, Brown's do the three Nets get in? Two of the three uh, Nets get in. Which one are we leaving oh, out? Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Out. yeah, because the games missed and the whole debacle. He didn't miss it. for COVID. He missed for. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's the fan vote aspect in this too, right? So and is I it know. the is it the two nets? Is it Harden, KD, and Jalen Brown that sneak in? Probably. You think Brad Beal's not in? If Brad Beal doesn't get in again, he's oh, gonna man. be pissed. He deserves it unless we saw that first half today. Not to go into this game, but we saw that first half where he was just standing around and like Russ came in or not came in. Russ got it going, gave him a chance, and he started ball Brad Beal started balling. How and- about we how about we kick Ben Simmons out then? Hey. Eh? I get yeah we could so yeah I don't know they're the I, best I team put, they're the best team in the East right now they're playing pretty yeah, good but we could just I don't know not putting up all sorts all right so we'll kick Ben out we'll put in Beal we'll put in the uh, the two Brooklyn Nets and we'll put in uh, 
Jalen Brown. Fair. I like that. I think that's Nothing, fair. I think that works. I think that works. Like All right, it. let's move on and let's do the same exercise in the West where it's going to get real interesting. Oh, man. Here we go. Uh, James Harden. I don't <laughs> think he's going to make the, the, the All-Star now. game in the West. <laughs> I think we can say he's out. Agreed. Luka Doncic. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Mavericks are struggling, but Luka's still putting up crazy numbers. He'll be in. LeBron James. Yes. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Yep. Anthony Davis. Yes. Yep. Chris Paul. This is an interesting one. He's kind of another French. No. no. I'm saying no on Chris. Yeah. No. I'm kind of Suns are only getting one. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, don't think Russell Westbrook's making it in the West <laughs> this year. Dame will get in. Yep. Yes. I think we agree with that. Donovan Mitchell. Yep. I think so. Brandon Ingram. That's interesting. I, I think he will. He's played well, but his yep. team has been awful. Mm-hmm. And he might get punished for that. He's the probably fringe. out. He's probably out. You think out? Let's go out. Let's go out okay. on, on Ingram. It just makes the game more fun. Uh, Nikola Jokic, 100%. Yep. Yep. Does Rudy. Rudy Gobert make the cut? Yes. No. Hottest team Dude. in the league until today. Rudy, Rudy is playing phenomenal right now. Today, is he playing yeah. worth that contract, Nick? No. No one will ever <laughs> play worth that contract. Yeah, I agree. If you're not scoring 30 a game as a center. 100%. Uh, Devin Booker. I think I think Book's getting yep. in. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so that means outs. We have guard James Harden. We have guard Chris Paul. We have guard Russell Westbrook. We have forward Brandon Ingram. Three guards and a forward. All right, go ahead and throw in Steph Curry. Yeah. Okay, so there's one of our guards. We got to fill two more guards, guard spots and a forward spot. Can, can I throw out a name for the forward spot and just let the chat completely shit on me? Yeah. I think Paul George is going to get it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you're He's right. Had a really good season, yeah. right? That's, yep. or, or, That's the one I was thinking. Or cat, cat. Yeah, cat's been really good. I think they're yeah. going to go Paul George though. The, yep. the the Clippers are playing a lot better. I think that's going to really be the the difference maker there. Do we want to all start from the player on one of the worst teams in the league, or do we want it from SGA. from a, a, an LA team? All right, we got two more two more guard spots to fill. SGA, SGA. <laughs> I, I think that's an option. It's definitely there. What other guards? Doesn't have the team. Um, CJ's, been, CJ's had a great season. The injury's going to hamper him for an All Star bid. Though. I think, although he hasn't played, he's just going to have so many fan votes. John Morant. That's true. That's a, whether that's he true. Des- whether he deserves it or not, I think he's he might, he might yeah. have it. Yeah. Let, let's, for the sake of argument, let's say like screw the fan vote and who we think deserves. Okay. to get in rather than who we think is going to get in. Uh, I think CJ has a case. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike Conley kind of has a case, but True. I don't think the jazz are getting three. No, I don't think they'll give the jazz three. So I think that keeps Mike Conley out. Uh, any other guards that you can think of across think, the West? Don't think Jamal Murray has earned it. Although no, J- Jamal yeah. has, I was just looking up his stats uh, and his numbers are, are kind of okay, but his shooting percentages are poor this year. He's not going to get it. Yeah. Um, I don't think Fox necessarily deserves it from Sacramento. Um, and you also got to consider the guys that we said no to have to be in consideration to actually get in now that we're kind of looking at who would fill their spot. If there's no one better, then they should be in. Yeah, well, two of them aren't, aren't even here. Right, 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 right. So the only other one we're talking is Chris like, Paul. Like Chris Paul versus one of the other guys. I, I could see Chris Paul getting it over Shea. Because of fan vote? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, again, I think Shea has the numbers compared to again, Chris Paul. not who's going to get but, in, but who do you think deserves it? Who, who, putting ooh. on the spot, Nick? Who, did, if you had to make the choice, would you put in Chris or Shea this year? I'd put in Shea, but I, I, I think that there's an aspect to the Hall of Fame body of work and the respect that Chris has that it just mm. how how it works. Also, yeah. the teams. I mean, they've gone through a rough patch over the next or over the past two weeks or so. But I mean, they they've been playing well. Over, as Sean a whole. mentioned Depot. You can also consider John Depot. Wall. That's a good point. Yep. Those are two guys that have played decently. Both of those. Christian Wood know. is obviously not a guard. Yeah, but yeah. He's get some consideration. That is true. Um, and then so if, if you're gonna if you're going if if we're gonna put Shea in the running, just like Brandon Ingram should still be in the running, so should Zion. Yep. Yeah. There's no question. Yep. So out of those, Brandon Ingram, Zion, uh, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, like who deserves the nod for that forward spot? Ooh, Paul George. I was gonna say Paul George. I, th- I think Paul probably gets it. Yep. He's had a very efficient season, so I think yep. he probably gets the nod. Yep. So I, I think what the people really want to know, guys, that we think SGA makes an all-star appearance. I do not. I don't either. As much as I want him to, I just don't think he's going to get the fan vote. And I, uh, the fan vote is difficult, especially because people don't really get to watch him this season. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I, I think maybe the, the coach vote or the media vote or whatever, he could get in just not as a starter. Okay. Let's, let's look at it from this lens. Since, since you said, let's, let's think about who deserves it. Is Shea a top 15 player in the Western Conference? I don't know. I would, I would say top 20, top 25 for sure. I don't know about top. Yeah, 15. but then the you get you start getting really deep in the weeds there whenever you talk about the All Star game because you have to have those positions, di- the different positions, you know. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, is he a top ten guard in the West? I think yeah, so. probably. You think so? Probably. I mean, who who goes above him as guards in the West? Steph, Luca, Luca. So the the league in general is so forward heavy. You know, it is. It is. It definitely is. But yeah, Steph, Luca, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. That's five right there. Yep. Do you put Depot or Wall ahead of Shea? No, I don't. don't. Do you put Jamal Murray ahead of Shea? I do. Yeah, I think that's six. You have to, but not by much. So Mm. I think Shea falls in that seven to ten range. De'Aaron Fox, we haven't mentioned his name. They suck. I think think Shea and Fox are right there together. Yeah, I do too. So yeah, that that I, I think I think Shea falls in the seven to ten range as far as guards in the West right now. No, we never even mentioned. I mean, Nick did mention him a little bit ago, but Jaw, right? I yep. think Jaw definitely has a seat at that table. Yep. Yep. Shea, no Jaw, Fox, probably uh, like eight, nine, ten, seven, eight, nine, right in there. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Any more? Uh, I mean, we kind of led off the podcast with the wild. Washington Wizards. You like that? WWW Wild Washington Wizards. <laughs> I should be a, a PA announcer. The Wild Washington Wizards. <laughs> Any other around the association thoughts before we log off for the night, guys? Um, Jokic had a monster game today. That who did? Wild. Jokic against oh, the, yeah. against the Jazz. 42 points, I believe. It's off the top of my head. Breaking the Jazz's 11-game win streak. Yeah. Hot take. You ready? I'm ready. ready. As bad as he's been this season... And he's 36 years old, so it's kind of expected. Somebody is going to get JJ Redick for literal pennies on the dollar. And they're yeah, and he's, uh, they're shopping them. Shams came out today, said Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, oh, I think that, really for him I again. think that we'd, we'd always thought of him as a guy that might net, you, like might net you a, a late first round pick from a contender. I think now you're getting a second rounder and you're letting Kira Lewis and Nikhil Alexander Walker just go get more minutes, man. I think that his time, his time being a, a producer with new Orleans is, is done. Give me your favorite Lonzo ball destination before we get out of here. Mm. Charlotte, obviously <laughs> he doesn't fit at all. But that would be fun, though. <laughs> oh, man. Favorite Clippers. No, I don't want to go to contender. It's not fun. It's not fun. I I, I think he fits really good in Golden State, guys. Oh, he, he does. does. I think he fits really good filling filling Clay's role in Gross. Golden State. Give me. Brooklyn would be perfect from Sean. That's interesting. I kind of like that, too. Minnesota, <laughs> he actually would kind of help that starting unit, but Russell, give, I don't know. Give me the Grizzlies. Ooh, interesting. I think that'd be fun. He and Jaw sharing the backcourt together. He's super fun. Lonzo could throw Jaw a lot of alley oops. Yeah. A lot of alley oops. Yeah, that could be fun. Interesting. You guys think Lonzo gets traded by the deadline? Mm. I say no. I don't. I don't know. The, the, I, JJ, I say yes. Lonzo, I think no. it depends how New Orleans is trending as we get closer to and the deadline. The way that the way that these stories are coming out almost makes you think like the Pelicans know what kind of offer sheets he's going to get, and they're not going to be willing to match them. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Right? They obviously didn't agree to That's one before on. the season. Yeah. And I don't think they want to ca- cough up the cash. Right. Makes me think they might. I mean, the closer you get to the deadline, it's like, man, we'd rather get something than nothing. Yep. And the deadline makes uh, makes things happen, for sure. No doubt. Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to get out of here. If you joined the chat tonight, thank you so much. We love interacting with you guys Sunday night. So, hey, make plans again next Sunday, 9 p.m. Central Time. Same time, same place. We will be here. Come join us. If you listen to the podcast version, man, we appreciate you. Please, while you're listening, go drop that five-star rating on iTunes. Helps us out a ton. Let's everyone else see the podcast. Raises our popularity uh, and just makes my heart feel good, right? It's been a long time since my heart felt good. So come make that happen for me, please. We'll be with you guys for every Thunder Post game this week with our post game podcast. I believe Taylor has got you guys 24 hours from now after the Thunder take on the I've Houston got Rockets. Not Monday. Oh, I have Wednesday. Taylor though. has Wednesday. I think Justin has Monday. There I don't know the schedule. I just work here. <laughs> you guys have a great beginning of your week. Stay healthy, stay safe. We will be back with you again very, very soon. And we'll we'll be with you uh, frequently this week as there's a lot of games. And until then, and as always, Thunder Up! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.